to episode 340 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. My name is Melissa Ellis and I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country. And my name is Sarah Jefferson and I'm joining you from Wajuk country. Welcome back, Sarah. Thank you for joining me for another week. Thank you, Mel. Back for round two. (laughs) (laughs) You're a brave lady. You're a brave lady. Um, And how has your week been? Are you cold? Um, I am cold. Yes, I currently have quite a few layers on and I have the neighbour's cat curled up beside me trying to stay warm as well. Aww. Is that Winston? It is Winston. So hopefully we don't hear any meows throughout, um, but if we do, it's just friendly Winston. (laughs) He's a beautiful cat. I enjoyed meeting Winston when I came to stay with you. He's a very luxurious boy. So pretty, yeah. So for those listening at home, he's a grey, um, looks like one of those Maine Coons, doesn't he? Yes, I don't. we don't think he's a Maine Coon, but you're right, he looks like a Maine Coon. Mm. So, yes, they all know where to go and when they want food. You've stolen him from the neighbour, right? Well, he willingly came here this <laughs> afternoon because he either wanted a bed or he wanted some John West tuna that we go and spoil him with. <laughs> Um, so I guess when we have our own cat, it won't be $2.40 a tin that we will purchase for him, <laughs> but, um, for now he is pretty spoiled. What about you, Mel? You staying warm? <laughs> oh yeah. The, it's just, uh, winter in Melbourne now and, uh, I'm sitting here with my heat pack on my lap. <laughs> nice. Keeping warm in my office while we record. So, hmm. Looking forward to our chat. So why don't you tell me all about your parkrun day, Sarah? So I was run director down at Cottesloe Parkrun again this week. Um, So I had the pleasure of setting up the course in the rain and then it rained for the briefing. Um, But it was kind of nice that we were all huddled under a tiny shelter getting to know each other. Just as we started, the, the clouds cleared and the blue sky came out And I thought, surely this is it, the rain's gone. Um, And then for the last 20 minutes, the heavens opened and we were drenched. So came home, the house, yeah, has bits and pieces all through it, trying to dry all of the equipment um, before I hand that over next week. But, um, yeah, that was my morning meal. It all went really well. We actually had 68 people, which is pretty good down at the beach on a winter's day. Normally our numbers are, are quite small over winter. And I believe you had a milestone, is that correct? Oh, I did. <laughs> and I actually had forgotten about it, but my 50th folly, um, 50th volunteer. Congratulations. So, thank you. And tell us what your favourite role has been out of all your volunteers. What, what do you like doing the most? Um, so... It's probably a role that I actually never thought that I would ever do or enjoy and I was really actually hesitant to be a run director, but I would say RD. Um, I think because I get to chat to lots of people, I've met so many um, people from around the world and I guess I really enjoy um, being able to facilitate such a, a positive event for people and hear about everyone's parkrun stories. So I think I'm going to have to go with run director, Mel, Mm. even though I never thought I would say that. How long have you been doing it for? Um, So I had a look. So I think I've run directed 19 times now. That's probably around, you know, within a couple of years. Hmm. So two years probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Were they all at Cottesloe? All at Cottesloe. 
Yes. So, mm. Yeah. I've got another question. Oh, they're coming thick and fast. Far away. <laughs> I'm going to try to find one that you're not prepared for. How did you choose your home park run when you moved over to the west side? Um, I think because um, I, every morning or well, a lot of the mornings, I'd like to go down the beach. And so when I knew that there was a park run by the beach, I was like, yeah, Cottesloe has got to be it. And in summer, it is just beautiful, um, unlike the experience that most people had at Palm where it was blowing a gale and absolutely horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's stunning. So I think the fact of being able to do a park run and go for a swim straight after, yeah, it was yeah, amazing. So, and then I, um, yeah, I think I've done about 65 runs or 64 runs there now. So, um, I think just the coast, very much a coastal girl. Hmm. Yeah. How did it stack up um, coming from Sydney's northern beaches? Um, very different coastline. So, if it's windy here, the whole coast is blown out. On the northern beaches, you've got all your little pockets and little cliffs and, you know, the coast kind of weaves a little bit. Mm. Yeah, and even we've got limestone over here. It's totally different to the rock formations over there, so quite different. And I'm over here, I swim about five steps off the beach, I think, in sometimes we hear of those sharks <laughs> and they're really scary sharks. <laughs> Unlike when I was in Sydney, I used to do the bon, the beautiful swim from the corner of Manly Beach and it was beautiful and you'd see the grey nurses and even though they would, to me, look like great whites, I would in my head just be telling myself that I know that they're grey nurses. Um, <laughs> so you knew that their, you know, their breeding zones were around there. So, um, yeah, quite different. And obviously my park run was curl curl on the northern beaches, so I didn't sort of have the luxury of heading straight down into the ocean. So yeah. it's definitely something special about these these runs, even though they're quite tricky on the beach. I think it's really positive that, you know, you can go straight into the ocean. I love that. Now tell us, report in, please, with your homework. Oh, yes, just like a good student, I um, I did complete my homework and, um, yeah, really thankful for the push, Mel. Thank you for that. <laughs> so much easier yeah, really easy to see. The roster's really clear. Yeah, I'm definitely converted. So, yeah, EMS for now, for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Much easier. Fantastic. So thank you for that. You're welcome. But enough about me, Mel. I feel like <laughs> I've just spoken quite a bit. How was your park run day? I ventured out to Marinda Dam Park Run, which is on the lands of the Wurundjeri people and located in the small Victorian town of Healesville. It was the last event from the recent triple launch that I needed to regain statesmanship and it was event five. Healesville is about 50 kilometres northeast of Melbourne's CBD and falls within the Yarra Ranges Shire. It was named after Victorian Premier Richard Heels and is most widely known for the Healesville Sanctuary Nature Park, home to hundreds of native Australian animals and especially its active platypus exhibit and birds of prey presentation. Healesville is only a 40-minute drive from where my mum lives, so I took the opportunity to travel over Friday night with Zoe to spend time with mum, and the three of us set off at a relatively decent hour Saturday morning. The park run is set within the Maroondah Reservoir Park and atop an impressive 41-metre-high dam wall, which offers a scenic lookout over formal gardens, forested slopes, and the broad, peaceful reservoir lake. 
Constructed from 1920 to 1927, you can still see the historic valve houses in the gardens built in a classical domed style. The gardens include a sundial and the stone-paved rose stairway lined with rose bushes and golden pencil pines. They feature towering native eucalypts as well as many exotic deciduous trees with beautiful autumn colours. There are a number of easy and moderate walks around the park, either the Marunda Forest Track or the Henderson's Hill Track, which can extend to Denelli's Weir in Yarra Ranges National Park. Walk to the bottom of the dam wall to observe the grandeur of the wall from below and then climb the row steps or walk the circular track to avoid the stairs and walk across the top of the dam wall to view the expansive reservoir and parkland. When the dam overflows across the spillway once or twice a year, the Falls Lookout provides a spectacular view of the waterfall. Water can also cascade over the lower rock face when Melbourne water intermittently release water from the dam via the lower outlet. Now, Zoe and Mum opted to wait in the car whilst I ran, and from the main car park, where the toilets are located, it was a heart-pumping ascent to the top of the dam wall and the start line. Amongst a strong contingent of Victorian tourists were fellow adventurers Sally Heppleston and Nathan Castle, plus Vincent Heng. However, unfortunately, I didn't realise or get to meet Vincent. I did, however, have the pleasure of meeting Jason Andrews and his son Ollie, who introduced themselves as pod listeners from Aurora Parkrun. So hello to Jason and Ollie, and thanks for saying hi. I hadn't seen Sally for what feels like forever, so it was lovely to enjoy a run chat on the hilly out and back course. The event starts at the Bell Road Tundra, and aside from the initial section across the wall, the track is predominantly a stable gravel surface. Despite the recent rain, it was not overly wet underfoot, but I would recommend trail shoes for the hills. Once across the wall, you were faced with a gradual climb until about 1.3 k's when there is a sharp decline. It's about a 50-metre drop over 450 metres. But you know what that means. On your way back, that sharp decline is reversed and ouch. Sally and I enjoyed a walk break. Once the hill was breached, the final K is a gentle downhill to the finish. There were 92 finishes and a quick look at the preceding week's attendances show some fluctuation between 70 to 150 participants, so I would take a guess that numbers will settle somewhere around the 100 mark eventually. After the event, Mum Zoe and I headed to my little kitchen for coffee, chai latte and hot chocolate in front of an open fire before an enjoyable wander along the main street exploring the shops. Wow, Mel. Sounds very, very busy indeed. <laughs> and what a detailed report. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I'll just give you a little outline of Hillsville and the uh, reservoir park that we were in. So, yeah, no, it was really good. And, uh, yeah, no, it was nice to meet more adventurers as well. I love that. Definitely. And I think they came up and said hello. Ollie came up and said hello. Is that right? Yeah. I think I saw that picture in Dazza's. Yeah, Jason shared it in Dazza's lovely selfie with them. And uh, I omitted to invite Ollie out to Juniors. So if you're listening, maybe you want to come out and visit us at Ainsbury. And as we are mentioning Juniors, Sarah uh, might also mention that adventurers often come and volunteer at Ainsbury. And we did have a few of our regular adventurers there on Sunday, but we also welcome first-timers Martine Barrett and Andrew Johnston. 
And uh, not only did they come to volunteer, they dressed up for the occasion. Ooh, I did see their um, their costumes. Well done to you both. <laughs> um, how nice to, to head along and, and tick that off and collect that badge, I guess. Yes, they were puddle marshals. They were in charge of Jemima. And for those listeners at home that haven't seen the social media that I've splashed all over our juniors' Facebook page, uh, they were dressed as docks. So quite fitting costumes to be puddle marshals. Perfect. But uh, And I also might take the opportunity to mention that next Sunday will be Ainsbury Heritage Trail Junior Park Run's 100th event. So we are having a little celebration with cake and a fluoro theme. So a good week to come. Any listeners that are out there, if you've got kids, bundle them in the car and come and visit us. We want to boost our numbers on our 100th event. Definitely. And if there's cake... Make sure you tell the kids there'll be cake. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. But news and discussion, Sarah, what have we got up first? Okay, so this week we had the the men's record at Edinburgh Park Run has been beaten. So we've got Andy Butchart. Um, So the last record actually stood for 11 years. So congratulations, Andy. Scotland's um, Andy Butchart, 31 years old finished in 13 minutes and 45 seconds. So he's beaten the previous time by three seconds. That was previously held by another Andy, Baddeley, at Bushy Park in London. So congratulations, Andy, knocking three seconds off the fastest park run time this week. There were records falling all over the place, Sarah. So not only did the Park Run world record go last Saturday, but there was another world record that we were very excited about in this last week. So as we were recording last week, friend of the pod, Shipwreck Park Run ED and ultra runner Phil Gore was in the midst of something very special. Phil was competing in the Dead Cow Gully Backyard Ultra at Nanango, but as we knew the pod episode would be released after the race was completed, we thought we'd wait till this week to bring you the results. And what a spectacular result it was too, as Phil took the crown and the world record by completing 102 laps of the 6.7-kilometre loop, which equates to 684 kilometres made possible with the mighty effort of his assist, New Zealander Sam Harvey, who equaled the previous world record set last year by the Belgians. We send a huge congratulations to Phil and Gemma, Team Gore. And I will add that Phil's previous best was 76 loops, which he did last October at Big Dog's Backyard Ultra Satellite Team Challenge. And do you know, Sarah, he was running for four and a half days before he was the last man standing out of 54 runners. I'm just shaking my head, Mel. Phenomenal, Phil. Well done. Can't believe it, but I know he is amazing. 684 kilometres. Wow. And no sleep. I know. And he actually could have gone, he could have gone more laps. He was looking in mighty fine condition when they interviewed him at the finish. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, don't know how he manages the sleep deprivation, but he obviously has a very good system to manage it because, yeah, look at him. He's the world record holder. Phenomenal Phil. I think that might stick. Phenomenal Phil. (laughs) Yeah. Well done, Phil. Um, I know that I kept waking up, you know, I'd wake up the next day and I'd be on Instagram checking going, my goodness, he's still going. 
crazy. Yes. Well, we're very lucky that uh, the office lady was keeping us all in the office updated (laughs) with uh, everything as she was getting the information to hand. So, yeah, we were all glued to our um, Instagram feeds and Facebook messages and everything. So, yeah, just amazing. What a, what an inspiration. And he's a Australian. He is. He is. Hopefully I'll get to, to catch up with him in person soon and have a chat because, my goodness, the stories he will have to share, I'm sure Mel will be, um, be quite special hmm. and quite amazing. Now, another thing, what were we going to talk about as well? We were going to get back about our VP indexes. So... I had homework too. I went after last week's pod and looked up what my index was and it's four. So I have volunteered at least four times at four events and those four events are Berwick Springs and Toolan Creek in the 5K format and Westerfold and Ainsbury in the 2K format. Not too bad, Mel. What about yourself, Sarah? Um, so my index, I have an index of two, Mel. <laughs> um, so I've got Curl Curl and I've got Cottesloe. So for me, plenty of work to do there. You know what I like about that, Sarah? I like that, that Curl Curl was your previous home park run and Cottesloe is your current home park run. And if you look at mine, Berwick Springs was my previous home park mm. run and Toolan Creek is my current home park run. And in the junior format, Westerfold's Well, it was the original one where I volunteered until I launched Ainsbury. So there you go. Yes, and it would make sense to do, if we're doing more um, park runs at our home event, to do more volunteers there. Correct. That would make sense. All right, well, on that note, Mel, we might throw to some roving reports. Howdy, park runners. It's Talk from Inverloch. I'm reporting in from the holy grail of parkrun. Yes, we made it to Bushy after our disaster last week in Ireland. The weather has put it on for us today. I'm here with Richard, who is the run director today. Richard, it's an amazing day. I think I counted 67 volunteers on your roster. Is that pretty normal for Bushy? It is. We often have about 70 volunteers. And uh, I do recall a few months ago when somebody came up to me, a, volu- a, a, a visitor to us said, do you realise we have more, you have more volunteers than we have part runners at our part run? So we do have a, quite a lot. It's a, bit, it's a big job to put it on each week. Um, and we, 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 we rely on the goodwill of a lot of people to volunteer each week to put it on. As, as a park runner, I've been following Bushy, obviously, as a lot of people do. And I hear a lot about the funnel and it was amazing to see the way it worked today. Um, I was following a cupcake. Is there, is there any story behind the symbols that are used for the, um, the finished funnel? Uh, no, I mean, I think when the, we had the coronation, we had some regal ones. We do change them around a little bit. Um, th- they are the standard ones that you had with the cupcake, yep. for sure. No, that was pretty cool. Um, the course today, can you give us a little bit of a description? I actually found it a beautiful course out there, but can you give us a bit of a description of the bushy course? Yeah, it's flat, which a lot of people like. It's almost in a butterfly shape. Um, it's a park, it's a royal, in a royal park that is full of deer. So it's a very beautiful location. Um, and a lot of people come up to me at the end who are visiting saying how much they enjoyed uh, the openness of the run. 
Yeah, it was pretty incredible. We did see uh, deer in a few places and at a couple of spots, all we could see was some antlers up above the grass. And I was thinking, my God, how big is that deer that's below those antlers? Uh, there's some big ones out there. There's some big stags here. So you, you follow, a lot of it's under a bit of shade. You've got a lot of very big trees in the park. Some of it's up alongside some some beautiful little wetlands like leg of mutton down there. It's just a gorgeous little wetland, ducks and swans and cygnets at the moment everywhere. It's rich with wildlife and um, as a team of putting Park Run on every week, we are very respectful of what the Royal Parks want uh, and respecting nature. So we're, we, we, we tr we, we're trying to be as good as possible to maintain the standards of the park. Yeah, and I've got to say, the, the start line, the actual start was just absolutely amazing. I was wondering how you were going to get 12 or 1,300 people into a narrow path and it just flowed. It really worked really well. It does get a little bit squashed um, as everybody comes together on the on the main straight. Um, but I mean, before COVID, we used to have 14, 1500 people weekly. I've been here on Christmas Day a few years ago and there were two and a half thousand. So actually when there's 12, 1300, it's, it's pretty good actually. There's a lot of room for everybody in with those numbers. I think a lot of Australian events would hear that and say <laughs> with 1200, we'd be in a bit of a... Uh, a dilemma of how we're going to handle the numbers on some of our paths but you do have some beautiful open space here you obviously can handle the bigger numbers in the park uh, absolutely I, yeah. i'm glad you enjoyed it anyway and event 936 it's um moving along quite nicely well done yes uh, well, I, we need to look in the future diaries we're in the 1000s this isn't it yes i think you're gonna i wonder how many we'll have for that couple one. of big events the 999 and the 1000 yes but uh, no, look, it's been a truly amazing experience as a uh, Aussie park runner. I walked into the park a little bit early this morning. We were here probably before seven o'clock because we weren't going to miss this. Um, and I'd just really like to say thank you for putting the event on. We have absolutely loved it. Uh, the atmosphere at the finish line, um, you know, everyone's packed up and gone. And there's still so many people sitting around chatting and that. It's just amazing. Oh, it's very kind of you to say that. We get a lot of Australians here and some even get off the plane at Heathrow and come straight here and run it. So we're always welcoming Australians. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. And how excited does Talk Sound coming to us live, well, not live, pre-recorded from Bushy Park Run. <laughs> 67 volunteers helping them at that event, Sarah. It's crazy. Phenomenal. But I did reach out to Talk because I wanted to understand more about how they cope with such large numbers at the finish line and Talk sent back this audio. Hey Mel, great question. The finish line at Bush is just something amazing to observe. When they're doing their setup, they set up two separate finish funnels just after the finish line. They're set up with tape so that they're not much wider than one person wide. You sort of can't get your handle on it until you finish and that's when it all makes sense. So as you come around into the finish line, the timers are right on the finish line as normal. They have two timers, so just a backup timer and a regular timer. As you cross the finish funnel, 100 runners are directed into one side, and when they get to 100, the 101 to 102 get directed into the second side. The first person in each 100 gets given an A4 laminated sign to hold up, and you follow through the funnel, and at times these funnels might be three or 400 people long, so it makes a bit of sense when you go through. 
you don't actually get your token until you get to the end of the finish funnel. And that's where they use the 100 marker signs to make sure that people haven't ducked out of the, the line and that things are still in order. The A4 signs that you hold up, yesterday we had cupcakes on some of them, we had coffee cups on some of them. They're just random signs that they're made up. During the coronation, they had uh, a lot of royal signs. They're just really a place marker as you go through the funnel. But the way it works is 100 people in one side get their finished token at the end of the funnel and go off to be scanned. Then they stop that queue and then 100 from the other funnel come through. Really makes sense when you see it. Really works really well. They're just a really well-practiced, well-oiled machine at Bushy and it works to perfection. So um, all in all, we had an awesome day, just a little bit overwhelming being the Aussie at Park Run, but there were probably 20 Aussies there. We met up with a big pack of them. So we had a great day. In the funnel, you got plenty of time to have a chat. You get your Dolly and Bevs floating out across the, the line. You get people chatting where you're from, all the usual park faff. Um, and you get plenty of time in the funnel to, to have a chat. All in all, awesome day. Talk out. So that was great, Sarah, getting a little bit of insight as to how they manage the funnel with that many people. I want to go, Mel. I want to go and experience it for myself. <laughs> Take me too. <laughs> Sounds incredible. Amazing, yeah. It, it really is hard to fathom. I've had a little bit of an experience with the Nitro Park Run that we had in Victoria a few years back, and so I have seen how those corralling funnels work but it's yeah you have to be super organized obviously and I get the sense Mel it would be like you know the the hype of city to surf but it would be like every week because there's so many people there there's so much energy so many people have made this trip from across the world to get to bushy and I just feel the excitement would just be next level. I know. I feel like the Australians were also um, making an effort to find them each other at yes. uh, at the event. So I could imagine, you know, you'd be standing there with a little flag or something to signify what country you were from. <laughs> yeah. and your countrymen would be rushing up like you were their long lost brother. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So excited. Hello, I'm from Australia too. Definitely, (laughs) definitely. And even deers. I was like deer in the park. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a novelty for me. I don't think I've completed a park run where there are deer. (laughs) No. Maybe there'd be some park runs in in Japan where they would get deer as well. But, um, yeah, haven't had that experience yet. Something to look forward to, Sarah. Definitely. But talk, we're still living vicariously through you and your experiences. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. But you can come home now. (laughs) (laughs) It's not long, Mel, and he'll be home. (laughs) Nice to be missed, I guess, talk. (laughs) But now we've got some mail. You've got mail. Mel, we do have some mail, and this week it comes to us from Johan. It says, Hi, Mel, Ollie, Office Lady and Adventurers. As I was doing this transcript of this week's episode and read the section about Callum's email about Lindsay's VP index, I thought about another volunteerist club that some of us track but doesn't get much attention. And it is a bit easier to do for hardcore adventurers, especially if you are not close to multiple parkrun events 
events. I'm referring to the number of different locations that one has volunteered, volunteered. Though it is difficult to track on the website, one is able to get that data from the 5K app for now. So I propose the AV Club or index for that measure, the Adventeering Club. Have a great week, Johan, AV50. Wow, so Johan has volunteered at 50 individual events. Wow, Johan, certainly setting the, the bar high. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. What about you, Mel? Oh, my. Uh, so 24. I had a look on the mm. 5K app. I volunteered at 24 different events. But it, if it's going to be a club, I think there needs to be a number set to join the club, doesn't there? Like, you know, mm. 20 different events to become a tourist, allegedly. Mm. Yeah. So shouldn't you need a certain amount? Oh, I see what you're saying. Should hmm. we throw that back to Johan? Yes. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? How many different events for you? Um, so for me, I'm sitting on 10 different events. Hmm. So again, plenty of room to move on that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of these these ideas are things that I can keep ticking off, Mel. Yeah, I do like the AV club though. That's uh, very good. Thank you, Johan, for highlighting that challenge. And you are right. A lot of people do track these things. Now, Sarah, we also heard from Beck Bailey. She sent us a message and she said, Hey, team, great pod once again. Loved hearing Sarah from the West covering for Ollie. Thanks for the cover photo this week. I'm missing all my parkrun friends, but really enjoying my time adventuring and traveling South America, making sure to get some high altitude knotties in here and there although they are definitely a lot slower. I met some Australians on the Inca Trail and because of my buff, we got parkrun talking. I met some from Parramatta, Noosa and Cairns parkruns. Got a few more days left in Peru, then I'm headed into Bolivia and more. Beck, my goodness, there's another adventurer out there living the life. Wow, Beck, sounds amazing. And that's something else that I love about parkrun. You can find people that are park runners anywhere and you can make instant friends I guess even if you're on the the Inca trail (laughs) (laughs) I know we did use um Beck's photo for our published post and put a little park run flag sneakily (laughs) oh I didn't see that I'll have to go back and have a a look no goodness me yes but uh yeah she had her park run buff she did. I did notice that part. Mm. Yeah. So some amazing photos. And I saw Johan's also been to see or done the Inca Trail and uh, he was commenting on what nice weather Beck had because there was a lovely clear photos that she had mm. of the area. What would it – it's the Inca Trail, but what's that little place that's in the photograph down in the valley? I don't know, Mel. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that bit out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to leave that in. People love things like that. <laughs> also, learning we need to do some um, geography studies this week for homework. Might <laughs> be a little bit harder than the EMS. But um. <laughs> it's all right. The listeners will know. They'll comment on the post and they'll tell us what the little ruins. They're ruins. The ruins. Hmm. Yes. Um, but high high altitude knotties. Yeah. Wow. She's going to be smashing some PBs when she gets home. 
Definitely. That's what all the athletes do. Yeah. Altitude training. It's impressive. Good job, Beck. She should come back and go run Monday. Ooh. Mm. Or base camp. She's probably been um, discussing all the next adventures with all those crazy people that she's met. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but now we have got a recap from the office lady on Dazzers. So let's have a little listen to that. Hello adventurers! This week I'm going to start with the achievements you shared with us in Dazzers. Congratulations to Thomas Martin who ran a new course record at Mernda, Tracy Leeper who went to her Nendi Gaindar Riverwalk and completed Position Bingo and Sue Smith who completed her 100th parkrun at Chipping Norton with cupcakes. Well done to Chris Fraser who ran a PB on the new course at Shell Harbour and Patrick Shimitek who scored a quicker than average fifth last stopwatch bingo number. Is that a thing, Patrick? Nice work, Lee Cabarita. That's her born name. Who, thanks to a last-minute change of plans, completed her 100th Parramatta Park Run from a total of 174 Park Runs and clap, clap, clap to Heather Morgan, who completed the Compass Challenge at Westerfolds. Shout-out to Alison King for completing the final Park Run on the North Island at Waitangi, Tony Everingham, who ran a PB at Redland Bay, and high-five to Heather Hunter for collecting a 333 at Port Macquarie. Way to go, Carmel Roll, for your 250th Park Run. And big congrats to Chris Gore for completing his 350th park run and collecting the number one token at Shipwreck. Karen Gore also had a great morning there, collecting a position bingo number, while their son Phil took the lazy option and just volunteered. I can't imagine why. Speaking of volunteering, thanks to our lovely guest co-host this week, Sarah Jefferson, who was RD at a soggy Cottesloe, Roberta Winters, who volunteered at Main Beach, Ingrid Botha at Dolls Point, David Bravos and Chloe's two sisters at Avalie, Renata Kosh at Rudy Hill, Claire Vinachik at Denton Dean and Sue Keane, who was tailwalker at Shell Harbour. And to everyone else who visited Dazza's, Thanks for sharing your adventures. Tim Robbins ran and volunteered at Hagley Park. Chloe Bravos ran at Avalie, And Val and Steve Warwick were at Edinburgh Oval. Ollie and his family joined Luke and me at Southern Highlands Botanic Gardens. And apparently some Warwick-in-laws were there as well. Catherine Greenstreet and Hubby were at Tannum Sands. And Billow was at Benalla Botanic Gardens with Sarah, Brendan, Jodie, Jamie and Caroline. Martine Barrett, Andrew Johnston and Yvette Turner were all at Wagu Bridge. While Greg Garner was at Wandai. Erica Liotta went adventuring at Mount Isa and George Gina Devine was at home at the beaches. Jack and Claire Corkill were at Rhodes, Bernadette Bennett was at home at Newey, and Lyndall Murray had fabulous fun with Fluffy at Nambour. Sonia Pullman happily admitted she only participated in the park faff part of Park Run this week, while Cherie and Jason Coddle adventured out to Leeton Sport and Recreation Precinct. Among others staying at home, there were Paul Whelan and Sherry Brantman at Panania, Brett and Tanya Bailey at Pegasus, Heather Patzel at Mount Gambia and Joe McLean at the Ponds. Darren Pete and his family travelled to Ipswich, Queensland, Karina Campbell and Sam Ilsley and family were at Central Lakes and Catherine Perotta was at Penrith Lakes. Ian and Lydia Knox went to Coombs, Jonathan Morgan was at Ancy Hill Recreation and Joanne Blackbird hopped on a bus to Huskisson. Adrian Hillier was at Peppertree, Cherie Martin was at Main Beach and Mark Prouse was at Wallaby Track. 
Internationally, we heard from Natalie Soper, who went to Frederick back in Montreal, Johan Duvenhage at Heidedal, Anne Fry at Holyrood on Saturday and the Meadows Juniors on Sunday, Helen Rudder at the Pastures, Monty Slade at Tewkesbury, Phil Olsen at Woolacombe, and the O'Connells living the dream at Bushy Park. And the final shout-out for this week is a warm welcome to Jason Andrews, who visited Dazzers for the first time. Thanks for sharing your pick with your son and Mel. You made Mel's day. Trust me, listeners, our hosts love it when you come and say hello if you spot them. Okay, fine. Truth be told, I do too. But a word of warning, I highly recommend you do not approach the informants if you spot them. They are grumpy buggers. See you next time. Thank you very much again, Sam, for putting that together for us. You are definitely getting faster. So good work. Good job. Good job. And uh, good to hear where all the adventurers have been on the weekend, Sarah. Definitely. Um, on that note, Mel, we might keep the celebrations coming and we might throw to the birthday boy. Howdy, it's the birthday boy here with some of the goings on for July 2023. July 23 has five regular park run days for everyone to enjoy, with week one on the first of the month, week two on the 8th, week three the 15th, week four the 22nd, and week five on the 29th. Phew! A regular reminder first of the standard anniversary caveat. Events may celebrate what they like, when they like, so please check all details with the local source i.e. their webpage and or their Facebook page. This is especially true for dress-ups, cakes, etc. In the absence of anyone joining Main Beach on 12, let's check out the first anniversaries. Across the five park run days this month, we have five official first anniversaries, but they are not evenly spread throughout, which would have maximized the cake opportunities. Week one has nothing. Week two, we have nothing. Week three, we have Umbagong District Park Run in the ACT. Then week four, more nothing, which leaves four anniversaries in the fifth week of July. Namely, Frank Keenan Reserve in Victoria, Nantu Wama in South Australia, University of WA in WA, and Westbury Town Common in Tasmania. There is not even a chance you could get between those events to score extra cake. A bummer. And now for the Parkrun Independence events, their 11th anniversaries. This month, it is Coomera in Queensland. They are part of the Gold Coast region if you're chasing challenges. Congrats to Coomera. On the anniversaries for Junior Parkrun's front, there are none this month, and none through until January, but you can still go along to volunteer. As with all Parkrun adventures, the Parkrun cancellations page is a valuable tool see parkrun.com.au forward slash cancellations. This official cancellation page contains information for the coming weekend plus two future weeks. So be sure to check it again mid-month to pick up the final few weeks of this long month. Well, see you next month for some more birthday boy banter. And be sure to let Mel and Ollie know if you have any requests. And thank you to the birthday boy bringing us all the upcoming anniversaries. Well, not all of them, just the special ones. What about you, though, Sarah? Do you plan to go to any anniversaries in the near future? Um, I don't think so, Mel. Um, my adventuring calendar is pretty jam-packed over the next month and a bit, so I'm not sure 
would have been nice to get back to UWA and I guess celebrate the anniversary with them, but um, I will not be around for that. Okay. Well, next up we have the Adventurers Consolidated Club Report for Saturday, the 24th of June, 2023. Of a total of 434 members, 341 took part on this date at 175 locations. In the UK, there were adventurers at 24 events, two events in South Africa and USA, and one event each in Canada, Germany, Ireland, and Italy. So some adventurers still in Europe. Locally, we had adventurers at 39 events in Victoria, 38 events in Queensland, 34 events in New South Wales, 12 events in South Australia, 8 in WA, four on the North Island, three in ACT and Tassie, two on the South Island, and none in the Northern Tree. Boo. And we had um, the three events with nine people each um, for largest fronds this week. Uh, We had Main Beach. So we had Gary Bowen, Ian and Rhonda Garvin, Sherry Martin, Nicole Sanday, Michaelia Hannett, Ray Taylor, Jessica William, and Belinda Land. We had Wagyu Bridge, Bill and Yvette Turner, Andrew Johnston, and Martine Barrett. We had Christy Hill, Mia Horrigan, Liz and Peter Corey, and Georgina Oven, and the Ponds, Dennis Peden, Jeff Robinson, Manish Bindru, Joe McLean, Louise Garbers, Penny Prosser, Lisa Spencer, and Mary DeLuna. Well done. Our fronds are growing, Sarah. Three, nine people at three separate events. It's getting bigger. It is. It is getting bigger, which is great to see. And I used a picture from Wagyu Bridge of uh, Yvette Turner's for the Consolidated Club Report post on Sunday. Well, actually, I should probably mention that it wasn't me that posted the Consolidated Club Report on Sunday. We've got another helper. So thank you very much to Craig. Craig Ryan, who is stepping in to help me out on a Sunday with that post. Many hands make light work, Mel. Yes. Um, And I will say congratulations where congratulations is due. Well done to Victoria, 39. And Talk and Jackie aren't even back yet, Mel. I know. Just you wait till they get back. (laughs) So congratulations. (laughs) And I can see statesmen this week. So we have Victoria, five statesmen. We've got four new. Well done, Mel, there, getting the stats back up for Victoria. You and three others. Yes. We should have some more this week as the adventurers, uh, the Victorian tourists, slowly catch up all their events and boost our numbers. But we're sitting on the bottom of the table out of the statesmen. I'm quite surprised and concerned. But Queensland, seven. New South Wales, seven. Tassie, nine. The new... New statesman there, and Western Australia, 15. So we're still holding strong for now. You, you are <laughs> doing well over there in WA. Hopefully I can contribute to that soon. How many do you have to you – have, do you just have to catch back up one? I've just got one, yes. And same with Matt? Uh, Matt's got two. He's got Newcastle Park. It's only about an hour and a half away, but we're tracking for event 36 there. Otherwise, the other one is probably 10 or 11 hour drive. <laughs> so just around the corner. <laughs> um, so, yes, when we're in town and we have a few days to spare to, I guess, drive up 
and drive back. Otherwise, mm. um, flights are quite expensive in Western Australia, cheaper to, to go international, to be honest. Mm, I'm sensing a road trip. Road trip. Yes, not sure when, but um, hopefully not too far away. Brilliant. Well, I have got I've got a shout out to our listeners, Sarah. Well, I've left this till the end of the pod because I need help. This is a team effort and this podcast is very much about the community. And I have realized that when we introduce ourselves at the start of the pod, we never actually describe what our podcast is about. Mm. We just say, Hi, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers. I'm Mel and this is whoever and <laughs> and start talking. So it's not very mm. professional. Not really. So what I would like to appeal to our listeners for is suggestions on a short description that we could use in the intro to outline the pod, a summary of what we are about, you know, Mm. just one line, one or two lines, that's all I Mm. need. So get your thinking caps on, people. I'm sure between us all we can come up with something that is descriptive of what the pod stands for or stands to do. A charter. Well, it's not really a charter. I did try to think of what the official word was for such things. And I'm sure there is an official word as well for it. I think there is, yeah. It's like an abstract, Mm. but not. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Good grief. Well, anyway, if you would like to send your... um, Suggestions, please feel free. You can send them to our email or our messenger. I have to put my um, thinking cap on there. No ideas off the top of my head, but I know exactly (laughs) what line you're talking about. When I listen to podcasts, they will say what it is the podcast will be about or their purpose, I guess, behind the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we need to lift our game. Very um, creative community we have. So I'm sure they will come in thick and fast. But it's that time of the week again that it's time to say where we're going to be next week. Have you got something a bit more exciting than last week, Sarah? I do. I'm finally <laughs> adventuring. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, I'm jumping back on a plane, Mel, um, and I'm actually headed off to Malaysia. Oh, goodness me. Back across the equator to tick off the one park run that is currently in Malaysia. And the adventurers that um, I met in Singapore, Helen and Stephen Davis, they are actually going to be there. So we were chatting over breakfast and they said, oh, we're going to Malaysia on the 1st of July. And I said, we're going to be there as well. So that will be really nice. We'll have a front. Um, And I believe I get to meet your friend, Harry Mel. Oh, wow. Say hi from me. I will. I'm very excited about that. (laughs) That's awesome. And some warm warm weather, of course. Yeah. Your little jet setter. Yeah. But what about you, Mel? I'm jet setting too, but not over to a different country for a different flag, but over to an island nonetheless. Me and the office lady are heading to South Australia and Kangaroo Island. That would be great. It's high on my list. So it's... It's the start of my birthday month uh, weekend adventures that I've got planned for myself. So very excited. Awesome. I feel like you always have weekend adventures <laughs> planned for yourself. But, you know, <laughs> I guess we can milk it for your birthday month. <laughs> 
my birthday year, Mel. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> the year of Mel. <laughs> Starting now. <laughs> Actually, now that you mention that, we had a festival of Mel at Tool and Creek last year. Ooh. I wonder if it's passed by or they haven't repeated it. I better go back and check my calendar. Anyway, I can't go because I can't repeat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You'll be busy doing your own festival. It'll ruin my streak. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it on the road. Sounds good. It'll be <laughs> the Festival of Mel on tour. That's right. Okay. They can bring it to you, right? <laughs> Wherever Mel's going to be, that's where the party's at. Okay. Kangaroo yeah. Island. We're having a festival. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds great. Oh, good. Well, thank you for joining me again, Sarah. It's been fun. Really appreciate you stepping in for Ollie these last two weeks. Been a pleasure. Thank you for having me back. You are welcome. Now, as always, everybody, you can contact us via Facebook or our email, which is parkrunadventures at gmail.com. That's it for another week. We'll see you all next week for more adventures. Bye.